Hello. Welcome to Straight Arrows. I'm your host, Pastor Woody Whit, of Memorial Baptist Church in Maysville, North Carolina. And I want to welcome you today. Uh, we are continuing today on our um, topic of Sabbath or Sunday. Uh, this is the second episode in that. And I'm picking up on uh, last time we looked at the historical periods from the Sabbath, uh, from creation to Mount Sinai, and then from Mount Sinai to the Babylonian captivity, uh, and then from the Babylonian captivity to Christ. And now we're looking at the subject of the Sabbath in the Bible um, after the resurrection of Christ. Well, first, let's pray. Father, we need you today. We thank you today for your love. And we just ask you, Father, that you will forgive us of our sins and that the Holy Spirit would uh, teach us today, O oh God, your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so now we're looking at the Sabbath uh, in the Bible after the resurrection of Christ. Here's an amazing fact. The word Sabbath is, is found only nine times in the book of Acts. Not one time are Christians seen keeping the Sabbath. In the book of Acts, there is not one word from the apostles to the Gentile converts about keeping the Sabbath. Of special importance is the Jerusalem Council of Acts 15. The point of the council was to discuss what elements of Jewish social life should the apostles pass on to the Gentiles uh, so that the two groups could have fellowship. Note in verse 20 of Acts 15, there is no implication of the necessity for Sabbath keeping. Instead of teaching that Christians should keep the Sabbath, the apostles taught that we are no longer under the law. Uh, you can read that in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, and in Romans chapter 6, verse 14. The child of God is not under the law. And by the way, the entire theme, the entire theme of the book of Galatians is that the law uh, should not be added to grace. You cannot mix uh, law and grace any more than you can mix oil and water. Uh, the two don't don't mix together. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 to 5 says this, and I'm going to read this text of scripture. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 through 5. Verse 2 says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of the righteousness of the righteousness by faith. Now there are several points in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Uh, the apostle considers keeping any portion of the law to be in bondage to the whole law. Secondly, to insist that others keep the law is to bring division in the body. He warns us that keeping the law will lead to conflict in the church. And uh, that is certainly uh, true. Now, um, so the Apostle Paul's emphasis on the purity of the gospel to keep any part of the law is to pervert the gospel. And I won't read this to you, but um, Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 through 23. That's Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 to 23. Um, 
warns us about mixing law and grace and the uh, repercussions from that, the implications of that. And if you have a chance, please uh, read that. Um, it, the summary of that is this, that the believer in Christ is complete in Christ. Salvation is a completed work. This reality is further illustrated by Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Here the writer of Hebrews explains that the prophetic aspect of the Sabbath has been fulfilled in Christ. In other words, there's a prophetic aspect or, of the Sabbath that is fulfilled in Christ. When the child of God invites Christ, Christ into their heart by faith, they are entered into rest. So the child of God uh, who puts their faith in Christ, who is in Christ, is at rest and the Sabbath has been fulfilled by the believer in Christ. And again, that's Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 11. The person who insists on keeping the Sabbath or any part of the law is still under the law. Even if they profess Christ, they are still living under precepts that have been fulfilled. They have not entered into the rest of Christ. They are in the process of becoming instead of enjoying who they are in Christ. You follow that? Uh, you are, if you're in Christ, uh, you are in him and you are at rest. Uh, but if you're keeping the law, then you're trying to become in Christ. And that would be an error. Okay. Now, what about Sunday? Why, why, do, why then do Christians worship on Sunday? Um, having seen that the Sabbath was a part of the law and is no longer binding for either Jews or Gentiles, who put their faith in Christ, why would Sunday be a con considered important? Furthermore, why would Sunday be an appropriate time for new covenant believers to assemble and worship? First, the Lord Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, John 20, verse 1. In Christ, the believer has victory over sin, death, and the grave. Secondly, um, in fulfillment of Leviticus 16, the risen Lord Jesus descended to heaven to present himself before the Father, uh, for completing the atonement. See uh, John 20, verse 17 in Hebrews chapter 9. Thirdly, our Lord presented himself to his disciples on the first day of the week. Fourthly, uh, our Lord for the first time after the resurrection broke bread and had fellowship with the disciples on the first day. On the first day of the week, according to Luke chapter, this is number five, Luke chapter 24, verses 45 to 47, the Lord met with his disciples and he opened the scriptures to their understanding on the first day of the week. And there are several others elements as well, but I'll just mention this. Uh, Revelation uh, chapter 1 verse 10, um, the apostle John received revelation from the Lord Jesus on the Lord's day. Uh, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's the day that he rose victoriously from the dead. And let me point out here, a Christian can worship God every day of the week, every moment of the day. Uh, it's not a question of when should a, a Christian worship God. A Christian should worship God uh, every day. Um, the point is that when is the most appropriate time or reasonable or commonsensical time for God's people to gather together in assembly to worship God? And the answer to that is on Sunday. Why? Because the Lord's Day is the Lord's Day. 
that he rose from the dead. And when we gather, what is the purpose of Sunday morning? Is that we gather in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and we celebrate our union with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that is the, the, the symbolism of why we, we worship on Sunday. Because uh, we died with him, we were buried with him, and we have been resurrected with him. And so therefore we come together as Christians to worship him uh, in the local church on Sunday morning um, to uh, be blessed of God and to bless one another with joy. Um, it may be safely concluded that both Gentile and Jewish believers worship God, uh, worshiped on Sunday, the Lord's Day, during apostolic times. There exists no New Testament instructions for believers in Christ to keep the Sabbath, while there are sufficient grounds for believers to assemble on the Lord's Day. And now there are some people that will tell you that, that, uh, that Christians kept the Sabbath in the very beginning, and then the Emperor Constantine um, changed the day of worship from the Sabbath to Sunday. Uh, this is not true, okay? Now, um, this is simply not true. What, what Constantine did is, um, I've got it written here somewhere. Oh, here it is, is the, the practice from ancient times was confirmed by Constantine and by uh, the Council of Laodicea. So, so we can we can see then also that the uh, many of the church fathers uh, talked about Sunday and the reason why um, people can worship Christians can worship God on on the Sabbath. Now, let's talk about a summary here uh, to all of this. The Christian is to live under grace and not law. It has been my observation, generally speaking, that people who want to argue for the keeping of the Sabbath today are usually confused about other matters, such as the Trinity, the atonement, justification, and sanctification. In other words, if they're off on the on this point, they're probably going to be departing from orthodoxy on other matters of doctrine and theology. The point is that once the concept of keeping the Sabbath is introduced into the mind of the believer, other opinions and traditions of men will also creep in and thus legalism takes root and begins to bear fruit. If the believer thinks they can keep the Sabbath and not insist that others do without themselves feeling spiritually superior, then that is between them and God. It is a matter of conscience. However, if a believer who is trying to keep the Sabbath and looks down on those who do not, that is a matter of pride. It is a matter of arrogance. If the believer thinks that salvation consists of faith in Christ and keeping the Sabbath, then they have departed from the essence of New Testament teaching and are subtracting from the value of the person and work of Christ. So in conclusion, it may be shown that Sabbath keeping sounds very biblical, even spiritual, but it along with so many other things can be a legalistic Trojan horse which can rob the believer of a true love relationship with God and become a tremendous barrier to unconditionally loving others. And so um, we, have, we have explored Sabbath or Sunday, and it is the teaching of the Bible, the predominant teaching of the Bible, 
that the new covenant believer is not under the law, but under grace. And therefore, uh, it is appropriate for us to worship uh, in assembly, in corporate worship, on the day where we all join together as God's children to celebrate our unity in Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that day to do that, the most appropriate day would be Sunday, as the Apostle John called it, the Lord's Day. And so um, we are we are satisfied with that. And uh, remember, anytime someone introduces something that is not clearly taught in Scripture, uh, we should uh, take a very narrow view of that. And we are thankful that the Word of God uh, seems to provide uh, predominant evidence that we are not under the law, we are under grace. So may the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. Uh, let us pray. Father, thank you for this day and thy blessings. Help us to be students of your holy word. May the Holy Spirit guide us today in spirit and truth and help us to love our neighbors. Help us to love those around us with the same kind of love in which we ourselves have been loved by you, O God. We praise you and we thank you for the rest, the Sabbath rest that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. In his holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters, and uh, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.